This week on Backyard Footy. If you can, if you're one goal down and there's any time left on the clock, it's gonna be freaking urgency. If me and you are playing against two of our friends and we're down, if we're playing basketball, if we're playing tennis and we're down one point with five minutes we're left, fighting, it's urgency, yeah. I don't care, we'll, t- we'll get a draw and we'll take some positives from it, whatever. But I didn't see that in Europe, bro. In Iceland, the reason I didn't go back get re-signed is because we got relegated. And we got relegated on goal difference. And we got relegated by one goal. Wow. So that, for me, at the end of that season, I'm looking back to every little moment. This one chance I had. Oh, man, if I would have scored that. Oh, man, if we would have not conceded this 90th minute minute equalizer, I would be re-signing. I could be the king of Iceland. I wanted to be the prince. I had visions of being the prince. Oh. But if we would have done better, they would have. So that kind of intensity, that desire to like, you know, you're fighting. Every game is a fight over there. And here it's like, there's no, there's no, uh, you see Zlatan saying it too, bro. There's no incentive for people to really fight and play. What's up, footy fans? Welcome to the 27th episode of Backyard Footy with your host, Hugh Roberts, where each episode I dive into the background, journeys, and experiences of professional athletes, former athletes, coaches, as you heard on my previous episode, and anyone that's been involved with the game. This is the pull-up part three, the final pull-up part of the series. I'm here in Richmond, Virginia with my boy Yannick Ekenrode. Went to college together. We were roommates, trained together every single off-season. He's played overseas from Germany, German background. Guys played in league, league One with the Richmond Kickers right now, so that's why I came to Richmond, Virginia, my old stomping grounds. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can see the stadium. Um, but yeah, I wanted to let you guys hear a story of someone who's grinding and hustling, still working hard to make his way to the championship and to the MLS and reach his goals. So without further ado, what's good, my boy? What's up, bro? How are you? Good, to the show. Thanks for coming out Thank to my spot, my cafe. <laughs> Yeah, 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 it's a nice cafe. Yeah, it's all right. Had a little donut, a couple of spills. A little donut. It's nice, nice and quiet. How's your off-season going? It's going all right, man. It's been, I don't know, what, like two and a half, three weeks for me now. Uh, it always goes by slow in the beginning, kind of getting out of that rhythm of waking up early, training every day, kind of just start taking a little more time for yourself to, to decompress. Um, but it's been good, man. It's been good. How was uh, the season for you, personally? A lot, of, a lot of ups and downs. Matter of fact, matter of fact, we'll dive into that in a sec. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about your story, your background, how did you even get started? Okay, okay. Let me think when to start this thing. Um, I'll just say my youth was in Northern Virginia. Uh, bounced around a couple clubs there until I went to DC United Academy. Uh, and that was from like 16 to 18. Went to Radford University and then transferred to George Mason where me and Hugh met, won a championship made history, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then after that, I went to a soccer visa combine. I'm sure, you know, I don't know if you're seeing, mm-hmm. they're growing a lot as a company. It's really good to see. Um, and that got me a contract in Iceland. Played a season in Iceland. Um, from there, flew to Holland. Went on trial in Holland, got injured. Had to go home. Um, went and took some time to get healthy, go again. Went on trial again, didn't get anything, had to go home, 
in the meantime, training with DC United, trying to stay fit, trying to stay sharp, trying to stay in a pro environment. Um, after that, I went to Sweden, uh, signed a short-term contract there, came back home at the end of that season, coming home looking for a team again, still trying to play, still haven't signed a full-season um, full contract in, since 2016, and now it's 2018. So I'm grinding, coming back home, training kids, trying to make money, training. You know, a lot of people might come home and say, this didn't work out. I scored a goal and they didn't like me and, oh, maybe I guess I'm not good enough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it quits. No, man. Or I'm going to go party and, oh, I'm not going to be fit enough to take my next chance. That ain't me. And that's, that's when you make your decisions. Which, I mean, that's when you make your choice, man. Am I going to really chase this thing or is that it? And so I got a trial and... Um, a little short-term trial into contract in Denmark, second division there. Sounds great, but I'm in Denmark. Not a great weather time of year. We get a guy on loan from the top division. He plays over me. I have no say in the matter, and my time is just not not that enjoyable. Um, come home. Got to show myself to the Richmond Kickers. Do that, and then I sign my first contract in the United States. Uh, three years after I finished college here. So I bounced around Europe, Iceland, Sweden, Denmark, and now finally I'm back in the U.S. in my comfort zone. And, yeah. So would you say, let's backtrack a little bit, would you say D.C.'s academy, well, first off, you're German, right? Mm -hmm. Your mom's German? Your mom's German, yeah. So, obviously, you know how big the culture is out there. Is that kind of what got you started into the game? Yeah, that's what got me started. It's kind of just my, my blood, my heritage. My dad is also a big soccer fan, um, and he's mostly Peruvian, so I have the South American, um, that kind of influence. And I just I just grew up playing it, really. Um, I wish more of my youth was spent in Germany, so I could have actually gone through their academy system. I didn't spend enough you know, actual time living there through the system to get that, so... I wish I wish I kind of would have got a it's taste in your blood, of that. Though. It's in my blood. So then you go to DC, and why'd you transfer from Rashford? I always wanted to ask you that. It just wasn't. It just wasn't. And it, it part of it is is what the situation was. Part of it is my mental approach. But I just didn't. Me being who I am and, and trying to fight and push more and you know go hard in training and even if it's the spring, we're gonna play. We're gonna train. We're gonna lift and then we're gonna play. And if you leave and you got class, I'm gonna tell you about it. I'm gonna say, okay, you clearly don't want this as the, as much as the rest of us, as much as I do. And so that made me kind of butt heads with some of the guys on the team, and that made me feel like across a four-year period, I couldn't really get better. I was just gonna stay the same, and maybe you know. So that's what it was for me. And then, I mean, obviously, for those that don't know, he transferred the next year to Mason, won the A10 tournament, go undefeated. That's right. Time of our lives, good time. Good time. But what happened the next two years? Well, I was about to add that season. This is crazy, crazy fact that's just popping into my head. That last season we played together was the last season I played as an attacking player. Wow. Wow. I I won. You know, tell your fans I won the golden boot when we won the uh, the A10, the A10. So. As a sophomore, yeah, it was cool. It was good. I can play as an attacker. But the next season, we lose key veteran players. And so our coach, you know, sees me, thankfully, because I transferred into a better culture, sees my qualities as a leader. 
and says, hey, you're going to be the captain. I need this from I need this from you. I need you to be a ball-winning defensive midfielder, number six. The general. Win tackles, spray the ball, keep it simple, organize us, that's it. And so I kind of, that kind of owned, honed in my, my personality traits into a, into a position on the field. And so ever since then, I've been a midfielder, whether that's, you know, using my attacking skills as a 10 or whether that's dropping deep as a 6. I feel like, you know, I'm a, a very versatile midfielder and I'm better for it. But it does hurt me a little bit that I haven't uh, been given the chance to just be an attacker. Just give me the reins. Let me create chances and mm-hmm. see what I can do. I miss it. Now, Greg, I mean, Greg Angelo is our coach at George Mason. He never really helped anybody out in our class. Do you feel like a coach's influence and maybe if he speaks on your behalf to other clubs, like a coach, a coach has a lot of impact and you know and say where you're going to go and maybe if he helps you out you'll be able to have better opportunities because I know for me personally I went to open trials made it that way but I feel like if I had a helping hand like some people do like it'd go a much bigger way and who knows what I'd be but do you feel that same way? For sure and I mean that's just that's just kind of with anything you know um yeah we I mean we play this game you know, you know, just like I know, we've been around the block. Sometimes one person saying something about you can take you and carry you for five years. Mm-hmm. And you might not score a goal or get a start in those five years, mm-hmm. but freaking Bruce Arena called your coach and said, no, nah, take a chance on him, trust me. Mm-hmm. And people aren't going to ask a question after that. They're going to give you as much time as you want because of whatever reason. And, you know, some people get that, some people don't. The reasons why, who knows? But, you know, all you can do is just keep going, man. And the hope is, in this game, like I always say, you just keep going until that one person does take the chance on you. Yeah, that's where I'm going. And and as our career goes, it's small chances, small chances. But some big person is going to take a big chance, and all that work is going to add up and pay off. One year can change your life. That's it. One year balling out can change your life, put you on the map. But if you stop and you don't pick up that next rock, and see what's under it. Right. It's you're like not going to hit the jackpot. So you keep digging like that one mat, one uh, little image of a guy who's digging for gold, and the gold's right there, and you're going to turn around, and you've been working so hard. Yeah. Yeah, bro, I've been going, going on seven years now. Yep. So, and I, yep. I mean, personally, I keep rising each year of my career, even though we didn't make playoffs this year. I do feel personally this is like my best playing-wise, form-wise, too. Love so, yeah, it's for a reason. So I'm yeah. going to keep going. Yeah. Um, what was it like playing overseas, though, in Iceland? Crazy, crazy. First, Iceland, my first professional experience, I didn't think that they would have the infrastructure that they did. Like, I'm, I'm reading up on it. Just one season, so it was a little over eight months. Um, the country itself is one thing, a geographic, um, a wonder of the world. Everywhere you look is a freaking screensaver, man. I go in my backyard and I'm sitting on a jagged lava rock coastline of the country, just the waves hitting me and just peace waterfalls left and right um but the infrastructure there's only like 300,000 people citizens of of Iceland that's tiny but they got five divisions top three you can get good money top three the whole um KSA I think it's KSA the whole federation has a an agreement with Hertz the rental car company so every foreign player on those teams as myself gets a car for the season so I'm like 
how do, how do they have this in such a small country and it's you got so many teams it's, it's just football's there from the beginning and it's from built from the ground up and that's that's the European model versus the US model the US model isn't coming in and building a, a club grassroots bottom youth to a top pro team and creating a culture and building from the bottom no it's from the top and that's why you see teams fold because it's throwing money from the top and no it doesn't work because it's from the top so it just drops down and trickles out it doesn't work and Europe, obviously, they have more time than us. The game is so young here as well. We're learning, but tactical-wise and game-wise, was it different than here in the USL? Better, stronger? Stronger, yes, because there's many older players. I'd say USL League One is a very young league, uh, so you're not getting Just cracked by a 35-year-old man who has been around the block. You Just don't get those year. feelings. Uh, no, but I'm young, young also as in the players in the league. Yeah. I mean. Kids. Kids. Yeah. yeah you got a 30-year-old on the roster. It's a surprise. Right. Some teams do like Madison, right? Madison had some, they had some older guys. And that's part of why they were good is because you could tell they had some real pros, some wingers who like, this guy's a winger, you know? You don't always see that here because it's not as nuanced but when you see those guys, you know. Let's talk about the League One, though, in your season. How was, uh, so you get this contract here in Richmond, you've been fighting for it. Yep. I remember multiple off-seasons we've been trying to get you out to Richmond, come back home, finally get this contract to Richmond. So how was it this year, this season? It was good. I mean, my number one thing would be, obviously, gratitude for the whole, for the whole situation. I just had 10 months of security. Last time I had that was 2016. So, to obviously put things in perspective thankful for for that thankful for the hard work to pay off but you know I got I got higher goals than whatever I had this season I, I maybe had 13 appearances five six starts it's not good enough for me a couple of niggling injuries that kept me out of a team at key moments what kind of injuries MCL strain sprain whatever the hell it's called um, kept me out for a couple of weeks like mid-season uh, and then I had a concussion late in the season. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I see myself as a guy that can impact the team as a starting role. Again, looking for that person to believe in me as a leader, use my qualities to, to help us win. And that's one point I want to get to also real quick. Is you asked me the difference between Europe and the, difference between Europe and, um, and the U.S. is just the intensity. Like, the end of the season here, when you know you're not making the playoffs – you can feel it in the air in the game, and I didn't. Ex this year was the first time I experienced that. We're down two one, right? Playing Toronto TFC two. We're down two one. Six seven minutes left. I'm looking around, and people are just walking like, yeah. And tomorrow's just another day, whatever. And I'm like, they're in a in a in a football match. If you can, if you're one goal down, and there's any time left on the clock, it should be freaking urgency. If me and you are playing against two of our friends and we're down, if we're playing basketball, if we're playing tennis and we're down one point with five minutes we're left, fighting, it's urgency, yeah. I don't care, we'll, t we'll get a draw and we'll take some positives from it, whatever. But I didn't see that in Europe, bro. In Iceland, the reason I didn't go back and get re-signed is because we got relegated. And we got relegated on goal difference. And we got relegated by one goal. Wow. So that, for me, at the end of that season, I'm looking back to every little moment. This one chance I had, oh, man, if I would have scored that. Oh, man, if we would have not goal. conceded this 90th, mi 90th minute equalizer, 
I would yeah. be re-signing. I'd be, I'd, I could be the king of Iceland. I wanted to be the prince. I had visions of being the prince. Oh, but if we would have done better, they would have. Right, right, right. So that kind of intensity, that desire to like, you know, you're fighting. Every game is a fight over there. And here it's like, there's no, there's no, uh, you see Zlatan saying it too, bro. There's no incentive for people to right, really right, right. fight and play. It's, it's, it's privileged. Like everything in the U.S., it's privileged as hell. We didn't make playoffs either, but we went on a five-game unbeaten run, won five games in a row at the end of the season. There you go. But it was just—it's kind of crazy. So we switched certain people in certain positions, like the last six games, and all of a sudden everything started clicking. And it's mentality and we were too. We're just like you know we're gonna end the season strong. We all like at the end of the day, it might have been a struggle season, but we were like a family all year. Like the locker room was strong regardless of these losses. Mm. So like we all were just like. We know we're not gonna. I think we. I think we're like we know we're not gonna be with each other again. Let's just ride out the season. See, it out strong. For us, we good broke. memories on the road. Like good, good win, bro. We're playing really good football. Like, where was this? We couldn't win for three months. And you're looking at your teammates like, yeah, man, keep doing. This. I, I, I know you can do this. But like, we started winning. When we started winning, we were already two games behind the playoff line. We would have done it like a game or two before. We would have been in the playoff. Well, I think that speaks to the the mentality of your team, though. You guys said you guys probably have some good pros, some good professional guys with good mentalities, keeping training level high. Training was and the so best training I've had, bro. when you have that, you guys are saying, "Look, we might not make the playoffs, but we're gonna get the most out of this. We're gonna get the most out of each other every day, anyway." For us, whatever you want to say, young league, young team, whatever, we broke down, and we kind of it felt like we were out before we even were, man. And that's, that speaks to kind of the overall mentality and, the, unfortunately, the culture we had this season. Why well, do you think it's difficult for up-and-coming players to get up and more opportunities? I think you've been bouncing around all season trying to find so many clubs, and, you know, it's been difficult just to land a home or even sign for multiple years because you're right. going to have to maybe bounce around. I'm trying to sign a two-year contract one of these days, man. I need some I need some stability. Some stability. Nice. Yeah. Alright. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> but that's part of it, you know? And I don't know what all I can say is keep going. I mean one it's moment, coming. one it's goal. What are you twenty five? Twenty five. Twenty seven, right? Chilling. Chilling. Yeah. As long as I keep resigning, it's about for me it's just about staying mentally. Mentally balanced, mentally strong. The mental aspect of the game is going to take me further. Than, bro, that's why I work, exactly. we are both still here. Exactly. I get everyone in my class from the house. That's no respect to my G's. No. You know what I'm saying? But you got to take, you gotta take some pride in now. it. Making good money now, working, doing yeah. thing. But yeah, bro, I'll, even coming into the class, like, I was never the best of the third. We were 13th, and 13th ranked class in the nation coming in my freshman season. I was probably the least notoriety-wise out of all of them. But, and I was a forward too. Now I'm a center back. So I'm st- that humbled me because I'm still learning the game. True. I still work hard every day because I know I just started. And I know I can be a better center back every day. That's why I just keep going. Mm-hmm. I, I may have good seasons, but nah. Like we bled out. We bled on a lot of goals this year. The type of goals that I can't even. Bro, you just laugh at. Like one time, we're up against, playing against Ottawa, up 1 0. They do just like a regular free kick in the box. One out of win in the air, nine out of ten times, right? 
goes up, me and the center backs collide shoulders, both fall down on the ground. Your center, your teammate? My own teammate, oh, playing three in the back. So we go up. And I'm not, not like normally you leave it for me, I'm winning this. We collide shoulder to shoulder, fall on our backs on the ground. The ball just lands in between us, right to the forward, one on one with the goalie. The goalie comes out, grabs the ball, the young, young keeper too, grabs the ball, has it in his hands. Uh, Bob was a little bit toe poked underneath him, takes the ball away from him, bro. I just sat down on the ground watching it the whole time, like, I could not believe it just happened. I was, I, yeah, a list of goals, bro, that is just wow, laughable. Just, wow. Rough highlight wow. reel. One time we were playing in Indy, <coughs> our keeper finds plays to the left center back, left center back plays it back to the keeper, keeper tries to clear, clear it with his left foot. It's the opposing team's forward's head and goes in the goal. I think I might have seen that. I think I might have seen a clip of that. Those are the times you're like, okay, what's going on I here? Just stood there. I just stood there. What was the score of that game? 3 1. For them? That was the, yeah, for them. That was the third goal. Oof. They just took everything out of it. Yeah, that's one way to get the wind out of your sails. In, yeah, in Colt Stadium, too. Just, yeah. But I mean, yeah, so that just motivates me to get better. I mean, yeah. When you need, team. when you need some kind of confidence, you can draw on that. You can say, "That guy quit. I didn't. I'm gonna get better for it." What's your uh, goals, aspirations? Obviously, just to play at the highest level possible. I'm, I'm not in a position to uh, be picky and say, "Oh, MLS only" or "Fucking La Liga only." But obviously, when you play this game. It's with the ambition to make it to the highest level, whatever that is. And like I alluded to earlier, that could be a game. It could be one goal. It could be one tackle seen by one person that sends you to where you want to go, where you want to be. And so if you stop or if you don't give your all in that one tackle, in that one game where that one person is watching, which could be any game, any time, it could be a training Everything's session. Everything's on ESPN Plus, too. So. Everything's on ESPN Plus. Let's say that one person comes to that game and, and sees you and likes you and drops your name, and then that one name drop carries you for five years. I mean, obviously that's a crazy scenario, but it happens yeah, every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happens Bro, every day. All MLS, all these MLS guys on the, U, on the um, on. U.S. national team now. Like my dude Matt Turner just got called up. Bro, shout out my boy Matt. I see shout out my boy Matt. <laughs> doing anything. Wait, he played for the kickers. Yeah, he got loaned out from New England. That's how me and Alex loaned. He used to stay with me and Alex. Oh wow! And like it loaned out with us. And it's crazy. As I know Matt real it's close. Like, but this is like his rookie second year, and then now he's on the U.S. national team. He signed a good extension this year too. Yeah, bro, that's all it is. And I think twenty unless guys, Mark, Mark McKen- two boys from Philly that I played with Bethlehem with, grown these boys got called up. Yep. Yeah, and I think 20, you, 20 MLS players. And you see, as the more and more years go on, the more you start playing, the closer you, me, we start to get to those positions. Yeah. Like you're yeah. saying, yeah. my boy, I was training with this guy. Yeah. I'm getting closer and closer, climbing up that ladder. Yeah. Next thing you know, your roommate's going to be freaking Ed and Hazard, and you're signing for Ram and Trent tomorrow. Even oh, this yeah. year for this team, that's what I'm saying. I could just feel it, bro. I'm playing with Domenduro, who was mm-hmm. the fastest dude in the MLS. Crazy story about him. Way back in 2014, my rookie season, we played against Montreal Impact. This is in his prime in, in the MLS. He was playing with Montreal Impact. Man's just telling me, like, yeah, good money, whatever. We're not going to um, talk numbers on the yeah. podcast. Um, but I'll, two Africans on my team, uh, Wusu Sakiri, you know, Wusu, a little short African. 
he's the coach for the kickers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Asante Samuel, they know Dom and Duro. So way back 2014, Dom came out to us and said, what's up to them, gave him boots and everything. I remember it because I was like a rookie, like, oh, my God, Dom. I'm not a fanboy, but I was like, oh, wow, Dom and Duro. Fast forward, now I'm playing with the man. We became best friends all year. We were battling us forward. Center match gave me confidence. My preseason was just like, I remember going hard in the tackle against him. He's like, yeah, just like that. Like every forward, like he just gave me confidence. Like every forward hates when the center backs do that. He would just keep doing it in front of everybody. I have, we have like Zion Jones from Schalke, 19 year old, who I played against when I was in Philly when he was on the U17 national team. He's the truth, bro. And he's like the future of the U.S. national team. You can just see it. We had this one kid named Isaac um, and came along with us from the New Revolution, 20-year-old. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, every single player on the team came from somewhere above me. Besides, like, maybe one other player. Which is cool, though, mm-hmm. but you just raise your level. But, like, I'm talking about center backs, 34-year-old coming from France, 14 years. I'm going to do Aaron, MLS, eight years. That's what you learned Enzo from right Martina. there. Yeah, that guy. Like my French dude, he told me a lot on the ball. And I'm not going to lie to you. That's what, like, elevated my game. That's though. like, you know, just around players. Like, taught me, like, a little outside the foot passes, bro. Like, and instinctively, now I do it as a center back all the time. And I never learned it until this year. Bro, you just yeah. learn so much for That's a reason. Awesome. That's awesome. Jorge Herrera. 38-year-old MLS or USL legend and I used to always used to battle him and I'm going to get some in practice Alex and Enzo Martinez I'm battling them every single day in practice bro like this I'm telling you regardless of the BS offseason training sessions was A1 every day besides when we had like little academy boys but training sessions I'm talking about like yelling at each other not like fights fights but it was just so intense it's like me that's what you like want man that's like what you want talking to trash like yeah what's up we want to know like while the water break oh yeah we got five goals we got five goals ah. I think Nikki we got this dude Nikki Jackson young boy from Colorado Rapids too real good he has like our mentality he came from like a small school out in Arizona I remember being a comp once a combine didn't even get drafted but just grinded bro once the Colorado Rapids combine got his contract now he's like the second striker as a 23 year old but he got loaned out to us so he's with us all the time but like he had the mentality where just like Draymond he's just like Draymond talking that trash like oh yeah I scored two on your heel like not nah, bro like everything one time in a header I jumped over him scored and I just screamed in his face bro oh my god that felt so good <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a highlight moment <laughs> Yo, Ali, you dunk over him, bro. I screamed <laughs> in the practice, everything, bro. In the practice. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it was good, man. He just raised my level regardless. You need that in training sessions, yeah. man. You need that. Yeah. And we had a, like I said, our culture kind of slipped. And we started having guys question that. You need that in a training session. You got people saying, chill and practice and relax. And, oh, don't be mean. Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to get better. Come on. It's a doggy dog ride. Come on. Yeah. Did you see that uh, U.S.-Canada game? I didn't. I didn't. I heard about it. Um, I watched the U.S., I don't know how many months ago, play against a a small country called, I think, Curaçao. Curaçao. And they, they have a bunch of guys who, I guess, play, like, second division in Holland. Yeah, so one of the midfielders was with us. Dude, they balled on the U.S. They lost 1-0, I think, but I was watching that game. And I was in awe. I think they have a player who plays in the Premier League. One guy, I forget his name, but dude, they move the ball. They play. And the confidence on the they ball. 
They weren't scared. I loved watching them play. That's what I took from that game. Yeah. The center made this play for us. He didn't. So after Gold Cup, he just stopped coming back to Charlotte. Our coach got fired while he was at Gold Cup. He came for the other Celtic coach. He mm. just didn't come back. The center released him, like, I want to leave. They traded him to a team in, like, Australia. But yeah, wow. he was with us for, like, two months. Came through Miggy, straight from the Netherlands, took 24, 25. But he was real technical, real clean. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, if you tell me in practice, like, you pinging in there. He'd get mad at you, like, pat. Zip it. Even passing pass, bro. Like I'm just telling you, Dominic. Like the level was that high where dudes are getting frustrated and pa- passing drills. Like you ping it in there, <coughs> ping it to me harder. So you just get to nationally where like if you don't do it, <coughs> then they're, they're gonna be upset too. When you get comfortable doing it yourself, the young boys come in and like, getting upset at them now. Like all right, ping it in there. Right. Like, now it's you, a new standard. Now you just see how the standards change, but bro, bro. Like even the little things like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with. That Speaking of. Passing drills, you just reminded me. I think it's like a U.S. soccer model, but we we prescribed to it this season. We didn't do any passing patterns because it's unopposed. And you're, apparently, the new the new train of thought in in U.S. soccer training training sessions is you can't do unopposed stuff. Even in youth, you can't do unopposed what passing drills. Like you can't just do a passing pattern because you have to have you have to add a defender so it's game like. That's why the U.S. is just so bad. We didn't do pass. We didn't do technical work in any training sessions, and we didn't do any passing patterns in training sessions this year. That's reminds me like Pittsburgh. We didn't do the same one either. But he was just so old school, just cross and finish. But that this speaks, was too new school. But that new school speaks, speaks to, to like, our system and how you guys like performed this year. It's really it comes down to like the basics. That's what we're talking about. The basics. The simple stuff. We're take. So when we had a coach fired, right? And on my last show, the coach Dave was like, so when the coach got my bro, like, listen to the last episode, bro, that's real good. But he's like, so what happened was the coach got fired, right? And the old coach Jim was trying to complicate everything, was like sticking by his rules. But even Jim, the system was like, uh, Dave, the system was like, we need to stick to the basics. So then Jim came, the new coach was like, listen, we're in a whirlwind right now, we need to just stick to the basics. And that's just letting them play. And that's just walking through with them crosses where they need to be. Like we broke it down. That's what we did on Richmond. Defensive shape. But we would sometimes with Lee, we would come through instead of like doing two lines warm up, with 11 on the fields, and you know, like you stack up behind your positions, and we'd all walk to different cones. And we'd be like, okay, one outside back was here, this is how we press, this is how we move, then we break up and disperse. And we always, bro, the passing patterns, they not only help you, you know, sharpen your iron, technically, watch sharpen your, your iron, man. But it also gives you visions to see how you can combine with your partners on the field. Like, mm-hmm. you can do passing patterns with center backs, and then you just pass a wide to the other midfielders, or you do, like, the six or eight cones. We're all combined, but it'd be, like, two or three cones in the middle where it's one or two touches, so you understand, like, in the midfield, it's, like, yeah. real quick You understand how your teammates play. He and likes to lay it off yeah, this way. Yeah. He likes this. We're doing a Charlotte almost every day, too, and, like, those little things, like, before you even before possession, you get your touch right before get possession. Get your touch right. We didn't play possession, bro. That's crazy. We didn't play possession. That's crazy. In bro. Denmark, every training session, we did three-team possession. Every yeah. single day, we did three-team possession. Mm-hmm. Richmond, I'm not trying to say it, does, it, it means whatever you want it to mean, but we didn't do possession ever. It just speaks to the coach, because I know in Lee, with Lee, when I'm back in my days, it was different, bro. Like, level... Charlotte now is higher because of the quality, but just I feel I got the Richmond vibes. Like, bro, we, Richmond, we played possession until I had to get good with league. Technically, yeah. I had to get good. And it's just it's a lot of little things, bro. And just in here in Charlotte, it's 
drill possession base. We'll do like we'll do this one drill really like where it's like three v one to three different grids. So the first grid is unlimited three v one. You get three passes. You have to move into the next grid two touches three v one still. And the last grid is just one touch three v one. You connect all of it. That person in the middle loses. And you do that. The person in the middle stays in the middle for like a full minute. It's just straight intense. So it's always just that kind of rondo ish mm -hmm. or kind of like possession based numbers up so you get the, uh, the one team's dominating kind of yeah you get used to like keeping the spacing the and the numbers and keeping the ball but yeah it's been fun that's why I'm looking forward to it that's, that's, that's always to good to hear man training's you know guys like us training's the most fun part of your day that's what I want to do every day I want to have a good fun training session I want to play but with this uh, USL union coming though it should help us out with like contracts 12 months Right. Minimum wages and stuff. Like I, I know a lot of guys who had injury issues this year yeah. and had had some real like USL League One had some real uh, real issues, medical issues. And uh, once we get that uh, whatever union stuff through, should get some players better better care. They deserve it. That's for sure. That's for sure. We want the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. We've been keeping up on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird dynamic this season. I don't know how it's gonna work. I don't know if him and Iguain are gonna win them the Champions League. You know. He's gonna come to Miami. You think? I don't want him to, man. I want him to preserve his. His. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want him to. I want him to 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 stay. And. And maybe only play the big games for Portugal for like one season and just take care of his body and be just that goal scorer for them. And then just vacation, man. He doesn't need he doesn't need to come to the U.S. He doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the notoriety. I know, but he doesn't need to. He's not going to go unrecognized anywhere. He's always wanted to live in the U.S. though. It's a lot of these European dreams. The U.S. still, regardless sure. of quality of soccer. Mm -hmm. Even Messi was interested in for retire. Yeah, for retirement, it's a different thing. And the, that'd be on his path in his career. And for me, I don't enjoy the quality of the MLS depending on top European players coming down from their uh, from their peak, from their prime. I don't like that that is what keeps our league afloat. And it's also same same thing I said earlier. Build starting from the from the top down. You gotta build from the bottom. Give these yeah, young yeah, American yeah, players yeah, a chance. Yeah. It should be like how the other smaller clubs do it. They get the kids come from the academy young boys and they sell them to the bigger clubs mm -hmm. and they get all the profit from it you use the profit back to the academies and keep developing these young boys like yeah. it's a cycle it can have an Atletico Porto small yeah. Mexican club like, uh, it's all over the world we're going the complete opposite because right. it's just some money everything. there's no incentive for a club to help a player get better because they're just going to buy some big player coming from overseas that's why our culture is what it is I don't know if it will, man. It needs to get it needs to get blown up, and, and I mean not necessarily blown up, but they got to make big changes. You don't think it's gonna change? I don't think so. I really don't. Huh? I mean, there would have to be a big change. A I big think, change. I think not making the World Cup has helped show some of the flaws. But again, um, what's what do you change when that happens? What what did they change? 
maybe three players in the roster, four or five players in the roster, is that the change that's needed? Or does it start deeper? I think it starts way deeper. Way deeper. Yeah, it starts literally from the ground up with the street kids on the street, giving them opportunities for free. Because we've had decades on decades, on generation on generation of kids who maybe want to play soccer but can't afford it. It's yeah. expensive. And then, or maybe, okay, they can all start. And you have these coaches who might not understand how these players are. Like, you might not understand the Spanish culture if you're not Spanish yourself or how they behave and their attitude is a certain way when you just don't understand. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. I've had, I know a lot of coaches, even in my academy, just ruined some of my homeboys just because of, he didn't like his attitude. Yeah. He just wouldn't play him and bench him. And it hurt his confidence, hurt his performance. And this kid's a baller. And all of a sudden, no colleges are looking at him. And all yeah. of a sudden, he's just off the map. And that just, you know just what I mean? Just, yeah. Coaches sometimes don't realize how much of an impact they have. Yeah. But it really starts from the ground up, giving these kids opportunities and at least putting them on a good, successful pathway. And if they don't want to do yeah. it, they don't want to do it. But it has to start from like the, literally from the ground yeah. zero up. And then, I don't know how, but there needs to be some kind of, at least in, I don't know, some kind of promotion relegation, man. Right? Oh, yeah. Gotta connect, connect at least somehow. They're gonna do it in the USL first. But the thing is, I think once every USL team establishes their own stadium, mm-hmm. then they'll be doing it. That's so big. Think of like the, the rest of the big. world. Like when you play FA Cup and all the other tournaments, when you play the championship teams, at least you're going to a regulation field, yes. not a baseball field, not a turf yes. field, not a small field. Yeah. It's regulation regardless of the size of the stadium. Mm-hmm. You're going to play on a good field and you just ball out. Yeah. But here, just play the MLS team is going to come down to all these baseball diamonds, yeah, all these they're not turf fields uh, destroying people. Like, nah, bro. Yeah. I, this should be and it's going to be, but I understand why it's not ready yet yeah. because you but can't just, really If it had started from the big, you know, from earlier, if the vision had been more clear from the beginning, we could have had something, something a little better. But this, the sport's young. We're still learning. I think we're aren't we the same age as like the MLS isn't MLS only like 20 years old you gonna try to be a coach at some point not sure I mean to some degree yeah but I don't know how far I would want to take it Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know definitely want to stay with the sport for a while whether that's personal training fitness related training or just soccer related training some coaching on the side for a while while I figure myself out figure out what I want to do but we'll see got some time yeah I think I'm, I'll coach I mean I'm coaching now boys won the championship shout out my U12 Eagles boys U12 but um, Eagles it's fun bro it's fun implementing your own system and watching them groom work hard for you fight for you that stuff because like this year was different for me when I coached in Richmond when I coached in Richmond it was, U- it was 11 v 11 from the jump Boys are a little older than eighth grade, but these boys are in fifth and sixth. Oh, okay. And it's nine v nine, so I even had to learn a completely different formation. You know, nine nine players in the field. Yeah. But they're all coming from like the first technical coach. All the other coaches like you just play. Yeah, just, so they're just coming from running towards the ball, and everyone like, just run, run, run. So I actually had to teach them. It took like spacing. That takes took a while. The man. last we won the tournament this past weekend. It took. The last three weeks, they finally started to look good and get things together. That's why we started to do well. 
leading up to that tournament. Before then, for two and a half months, it was just a struggle, bus, <laughs> brat. <laughs> like, oh man, yeah, I had to make them do sprints and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you done any of your like badges or anything like that? Any uh, of those coaching courses? License. Licenses. Sure. Yeah. I know a couple guys that went and did some. This is money right yeah. now, and I, I can yeah. do the one online for the low. Another one I'm gonna do. And it gets expensive after that, but I know I need to eventually. Uh, yeah, it depends how how far you want to go. You thinking like professional level? I'm waiting on somebody we know to get a team. Yeah. Like freaking for Alex, real, Alex Ferrer. He's real. not gonna listen or watch this, but come on, man. Most definitely college, most definitely, because I can just choose wherever. It's just a lot though for recruiting. Yeah. Recruiting is a lot. Yeah, if you gotta maybe start as an assistant. Pro is different though, bro. Pro, I'm telling you. I saw it firsthand this year, just how many different, like, we had uh, an expensive roster this year, and so, yeah, dudes bumping heads, like, Dom, Dom at this point is 33, Steve, my son, back is 34, um, everyone else, MLS experience, they're all fresh, we're not one for three months with the first coach, we won one game out of 15, everyone was just frustrated, bro, I'm talking about, like, different coaching, everyone's coming with different kind of views, and just yapping, and just it was, it was Everyone's got their ideas, and the coach just wasn't adjusting. I mean, he could have, it could have been better. I think I know what to do because I've been through these experiences. But it's just different when money's involved. Because at the end of the day, even some players have told me like, "Yes, you care about money." But at the end of the day, when money's involved and your family's on, you, you're worrying about yourself. Mm-hmm. Of the national team, and you're dying for your country. You're in the club. You're making sure, yes, the club wins because winning makes you look good. But you want to make sure you're playing well yeah. because something happens. I'm sorry, my G, you're gone. Contract's up. I'm here. Right. Coach gets fired, and it's on other people who make a decision. You want to be yeah. looking good. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it would be, yeah, it'd be an option. Definitely as I get older, but right now, not yet. Got some time. But all right, my G. Appreciate you. All right, bro. On the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming out. Follow Yannick Eckerrode on IG, Twitter, <laughs> and you on Facebook. You on everything? Um, All social media. Not Facebook, no, nah, just Instagram. Don't have a IG, Twitter. I try IG. to stay off Twitter. Yeah, low key do, but yeah, I hit him on IG. Stay off Twitter, man. Twitter's uh, just stay off Twitter. <laughs> it's, it's toxic, guys. Back here, Follow him on Twitter, but delete your Twitter. <laughs> Follow him and then and then delete that. <laughs> Back here for these also brought to you by Roughneck Scarves and the Gold Oakland Press. It's brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network of Podcast. That's BGN.FM on the internet. You can also follow them on Twitter at the BGNFM. Yeah, appreciate you. Yeah, Subscribe, Good follow along. You.